This is a UC Public Policy Channel program from the Goldman School of Public Policy at UC Berkeley. Visit us at www.uctv.tv/public-policy for more discussion on solutions for the good of all. This is the last webcast in a series on poverty, God, and politics. Poverty, God, and politics. The the premise is that the world has made a lot of progress against poverty, hunger, disease over the last few decades. That more progress is possible. That if God is a、uh, if God is loving, then God clearly wants us to continue that progress to do what we can to to make it happen. There's only so much you can do through charity to get the progress that's possible. Against poverty in our country and around the world, we need to get our governments to do their part. I taught in Berkeley this spring, and we were able to bring nine national leaders to Berkeley to speak to my class.、Um, we then、uh, took selections from what they said to the class and put those into webcasts. And we've released those webcasts and companion blog posts every Sunday morning from the first Sunday after Easter until today, the Fourth of July. I, I like that symbolism. So it it takes us from faith to politics.、Uh, in this last webcast, I want to just review the speakers that we have heard very quickly. I want to talk a little bit about the students in the course. You haven't seen them much,、uh, and I also want to talk about、um, you and all the other people who've watched some of these webcasts, read some of the blog blog posts, and I want to focus on two things that I think anybody who cares enough about these things to to watch a webcast that all of us should should do. This year and next year, to to move us toward the end of poverty. I think the highlight of the whole thing for me was、uh, the webcast by Barbara William, Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner, and Doc, and Representative Barbara Lee.、Uh, these are、uh, two African American leaders.、Uh, they're making a big difference.、Uh, But they also then helped us understand how the Black Church has, over decades, worked hard、uh, through tremendous hardships to、um, push back against voter suppression and then get their people out to vote. And that long effort has、uh, clearly increased the electoral power of the African American community in this country, and that has borne fruit. Uh, my favorite bit was their sign-off. Each of these two women signed off separately, and each of them signed off with a rapid-fire recitation of some words of faith from a hymn, from a Bible passage.、Um, what I loved—they didn't plan it. But what was clear is that both of these women have spent a lot of time in church, and they know those hymns, and they know those Bible passages, and and that's the source. Of the energy and persistence that they've brought brought to changing politics around racial justice and poverty issues.、Uh, Josh Dixon spoke to us.、Uh, 
I find him an inspiring young man. He was the National Faith Engagement Director for the Biden-Harris campaign in 2020. And I hadn't realized before he talked to us that um, quite a few white evangelical voters switched from Trump in 2016 to Biden in 2020. Biden's pitch to faith-based voters was that racial and economic justice are religious issues. And that switch of white evangelical voters uh, was enough to account for Biden's win in those three states. If they hadn't switched, Biden would not be in the White House. And he's turned out to be a, a better president for people in poverty than I, than I expected. Eric Sapp is another person I've learned a lot from. He's a specialist on digital technology and artificial intelligence. I, I've come to ha a better understanding of how digital technology uh, is helping us, powerfully helping us, but that it's also had a corrupting influence on our religion and our, our politics. It tends to divide people, and God knows we are divided. Uh, it also has been opened the floodgates to misinformation and disinformation. Four of the speakers are people who are providing leadership in different parts of the Christian churches. Uh, on civic involvement, civic involvement on social justice issues. So John Carr in the Catholic Church, Amy Roman, Ruman in the Lutheran Church, Galen Carey among evangelicals, and Gabriel Salguero among Latino evangelicals. Um, you know, these are people who are teachers of the faith. They're, they're helping us be faithful in this aspect of, of being a good citizen. And um, one thing, I, it, it just reminded me how important church work is at the national level, but also in our own local congregations. Churches, synagogues, mosques, it's important to help our own congregations be strong and be faithful. Uh, and they really model for me the importance of church work. Um, Henry Brady and Anna Eng are sort of a twin. Um, Henry Brady gave us the statistics that show that uh, church-going people tend to be conflict avoiders. <laughs> and in, <clears throat> in the politics of poverty, there are strong, there are real, there are instances of oppression, neglect, and there are conflicts, and those conflicts need to be surfaced and dealt with constructively. And so then Anna Eng talked about the faith-based community organizing movement, which over 50 years now, has in, now it's 4,000 local congregations are involved in faith-based community organizing in their own communities, taking on issues that are important to people in the poor part of town, not important to everybody, and pushing for change. And then finally, we heard from Tom Hart, the executive director of the One Campaign, and from Eugene Cho, my successor at Bread for the World. These are really great, big organizations that involve lots of people, especially people of faith, in pushing for, uh, for programs and policies that will reduce poverty in our country and around the world. It's been a great lineup. Now, you haven't seen the students, and that's because of student privacy concerns. You know, we didn't want to show the faces or give the names of students. Uh, 
That's a general policy of the University of California, and it's right. But I want to tell you a little bit about these uh, people. It was six students of public policy from Berkeley's Goldman School of Public Policy. And then uh, six seminarians, people training for religious leadership, in the seminaries that are combined in the Graduate Theological Union. We formed a learning community. We learned a lot from each other. I it was a transformative experience for me and I think for, uh, I think for many of the students. I assigned each student, we had to do a 20-hour activist project. So the idea was identify something you can do in 20 hours this term that's going to change the world a little bit for, for poor people, preferably something that's got a political edge to it. Um, one of the students did an internship with Eric Sapp's company. And uh, he tells me he worked 200, not 20, 200 hours. <laughs> and uh, he's now doing a paid fellowship with Eric's company. Uh, another student is going to seminary, but she's also working full-time on uh, anti-poverty work within the, the government of one of the counties of California. And uh, now she's, uh, since the course, she's uh, working to set up a liaison office between the county government and the churches, synagogues, and mosques of the county. Um, I want to tell you about one woman who, uh, from Myanmar, she is from one of the smallest ethnic minority groups in Myanmar. She lives in the Golden Triangle, the center of the drug trade. They are, they are ruled by the military. The, the military is led by the dominant ethnic group of Burma, uh, not the local ethnic minorities. And uh, many of the military officers are involved in the drug trade. There's deep corruption, and that she's most concerned that um, drug lords give money to the churches, and pastors put them in the front row of church and thank them and praise them. And uh, whereas she sees that the drug trade is a deep evil that um, her people will somehow need to escape from. She, I don't know how she did it, but she figured out a way. She got a scholarship to to do a PhD in, in Bible at the Graduate Theological Union, and she's studying the book of Amos. Amos, of all the prophets, is clearest about social justice, and uh, social justice is part of uh, worshiping the real God. And uh, what this woman wants to do is, is spread the message of Amos in relationship to the situation of ethnic minorities in Myanmar. So she'll go back and teach Bible college in, in her hometown, and she already knows the organization she wants to work with to, to help um, educate and uplift uh, people in, the, in the, most, the poorest parts of her own ethnic communities. Now finally, I want to talk about you. That is, the people who are watching this webcast, the other webcasts, maybe reading some of my blog posts. Um, it looks to me like about 3,000 people are engaging with this project every week. I'm really pleased with that, you know. I've asked a lot of you. These webcasts have been 
most of them have been 30 minutes, some of them have been even 50 minutes, that's a lot of time on the web. And then the blog posts are usually a page and a half. But it's a, it's a lot to ask of people that they, um, that they tune in to all that, think about all that every week. Uh, so what I know about you, you wouldn't be watching this webcast unless you were really committed to the, to, to the goal of reducing poverty, of social justice, and in, unless probably you're, you're drawn by your faith, whatever, however you talk about that, think about that, you're drawn by your faith and you get that we've got to change our politics in ways that are opportune for people who are now struggling to feed their kids. I just have the greatest respect for you. Each of us is different. We have different situations. We have different gifts. We have different passions. And so uh, I hope that this, this project is helping you to think about, well, what could I do that will move our nation and the world to be the nation and world that God wants them to be? One is to influence the U.S. Congress on the poverty-related issues that they're considering this year. I'm actually a big fan of President Biden's, and he's been a better president for poor people than I expected. His big economic plans uh, lay out a strategy that would get us on a path towards sustainable, sustained prosperity, at the same time deal with long-standing racial and economic injustices, and reduce carbon emissions. And then he's also worked together with the, the Democratic Party. He's, he's working for um, voter rights legislation at the federal level. That's important too. Um, so these issues are complicated. The debate's going on for months. It's a little hard to follow who's on first, what's going to happen next. But people who can watch this webcast, follow this. We can also follow what's going on in Congress and find a couple of times to weigh in with each of our elected representatives in Congress. I don't think very many, because it's complicated and people are discouraged about Congress generally, I don't think very many people are contacting their members of Congress. So if we just make calls and talk to somebody at the front desk and say, you know, I want I want this new bipartisan infrastructure bill to pass. What's most important to me is the provisions that are most important for poor people. Water supply for low-income communities, clean water, uh, broadband access so that uh, poor left-behind communities, people in those communities can get jobs. You know, add something else that's good for some of that human infrastructure. <laughs> add that to this bipartisan bill before it gets done. So if you tell your, your member of Congress that basic message of how you want him or her to push, um, let's say if 1,500 of the 3,000 of us, if we make those calls, we will make a difference. The other action project that we all need to be involved in is the elections of 2022. Um, the country is closely divided. Um, I think in this election, we need to elect Democrats. I've worked in a bipartisan way all my life, but I've been disappointed with what Republicans in Congress have done this year. Uh, on the American Rescue Act, it's a great bill for poor people, probably cut poverty in half for poor children this year, but not one Senate Republican voted for it. Uh, 
on the, the, the bipartisan commission to, um, to investigate 20, the, the January 6th events. What happened? How did all that come about? We need to know, and the two parties should be talking about that together. Uh, but very few Republicans voted for it. And then on the issue of election reform, the Democrats were willing to scale back and start from a more moderate bill, the bill that Senator Manchin developed. Um, but every Senate Republican uh, voted not to have a discussion on the floor of the Senate. So uh, it just seems to me that uh, at least uh, senators and representatives seem to be intimidated by the Trumpist wing of their party. And so we need to elect Democrats in uh, 2022. We need to have a strong majority, a stronger majority. If, if that happens, one of the good benefits of that is that there'll be reform efforts in the Republican Party. And uh, I think the Republican Party is an important voice, but we need a constructive Republican Party. And I think, uh, you know, we need a, a Democratic win in, in this coming election to, to get that. So um, the way to, the, all of us can do that is to give money and time to uh, efforts to uh, resist voter suppression, to promote voter participation, and then to support good candidates to pick out a few candidates and give them money. Uh, some church people don't give money to politicians, but it is important to the future of the nation and also to give time, the time it takes for us to talk with our people and our, our family members, our friends, to talk and listen to people who might disagree with us, and then to, to work for a campaign. To, to go knock on doors or be part of a phone bank and to uh, help win this next election. Finally, I, I want to announce on this webcast that I'm going to be going to, I'm really pleased that my wife and I are going to be going to New York City this fall and I'll be a visiting professor of religion and society at Union Theological Seminary. I think I'll learn a lot um, and I hope you'll continue to connect with me on my website, www.davidbeckman.net. We are just now, we have posted all the material from the Berkeley course on my website in an easy to, easy to refer to way so you can go back and look at things or see things or reflect on things that you may have missed the first time around. And then I'll be adding webcasts and also adding blog posts, maybe one blog post every two weeks. Uh, you can contact me at my email address, david at davidbeckman.net, or on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Who, who would have believed that? But I am. Uh, so you can contact me there. I'd really like to hear from you, to, to know who you are, what you're doing, and also what you're thinking. If you have suggestions for me, I'm glad to hear them. But thank you. Mainly thank you.